And welcome, everybody, to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. Well, he's made it official. Donald J. Trump will once again seek the Oval Office for a third consecutive time. He's 1-1, one one, as you know, or some say 2-0, and oh, but he's uh, throwing his hat in the ring. He's made it official. He did so this evening. And I think, you know, he ended months of speculation, but I think everybody knew that he was going to run again. I mean, it's, he's Donald Trump, and he makes uh, this huge announcement from his home in Mar-a-Lago. And uh, it was a good speech. It went over an hour long, and I heard the beginnings of it. We were busy here back uh, back at the ranch, and it just wound up now. It's ten, a little bit after 10 o'clock as I record this on Tuesday night, and uh, so he's running again. And I think it's good. I know there's a lot of speculation about, you know, is is he going to be uh, able to defeat whoever the Democrats nominate? I doubt it's going to be Joe Biden. And maybe t- Trump's time has come and gone. You know, he's lost so many races in the midterms and people are blaming him for these high profile defeat uh, defeats like uh, of Carrie Lake in Arizona and Herschel Walker's in the race of his life in Georgia. But I think Trump has won as many races as he's lost is in the midterm, as far as the midterms go. And, as, and speaking to that, I mean, every election is about, uh, as Tip O'Neill once famously said, every uh, politics, all politics are local. And I think the same is uh, holds true in Arizona and in Georgia and in some of these other high-profile races where Trump-backed candidates came up a little short. You know, I heard Levin the other day say this, and he was right on the money. You don't hear much of this from too many other sources, even, you know, conservative talk show hosts. He pointed out, Levin, uh, correctly, that this midterm did not favor Republicans in the Senate. They didn't figure to recapture the Senate. Of the, I forget how many races, uh, I think there were like 34 races, and 34 seats, I should say, and 20 of the uh, seats were already held by Republicans. So it wasn't, it didn't favor, the math didn't favor them. In two years, Democrats will have to defend 23 of the, you know, 30 some odd seats. Every two years, uh, a third of the Senate has to run. That's the way the founders set it up. They're six-year terms, and every two years are staggered. The the theory is, I guess, you, you have fresh leadership, more fresh people coming in every two years. It doesn't work out that way that often, but that's the case. Anyway, uh, so the, the map didn't really add up for Republicans in the Senate. The House, we've regained the House. Republic, I say we, Republicans regained the House of Representatives. That became official today. 218 uh, seats so far. And I, Republicans figured to, to get a few more. But I think it's a little bit disappointing. I think they were looking to really sweep to power and get two, three dozen seats more than they did. It didn't happen for whatever reason or reasons. Maybe some of it was due to Donald Trump. I'm not sure. And, you know, as far as uh, uh, Ron DeSantis goes, he has not officially said he's going to run. He said back, I think, as late as the summer, maybe the spring, that he was not going to run, that he had a job to do in Florida. And I know he's trying to dig out from the from the uh, hurricane uh, at, the, at that time. He's past that now. Now it's Hurricane Trump. That's in front of him. I, you know, as as far as whether Trump can beat DeSantis in uh, in a primary, it's going to be very very difficult. I mean, DeSantis is leading in some polls. Most polls, DeSantis is leading like fifty four forty six. And I think that the theory is, or the thinking is, that Trump had his chance. He we we've gone down that road. He was a great president. He did for America 
something that no president has ever done. And you can point to the wall. He started building the wall. I don't know how many miles of the wall he got built. The economy was humming along. America was respected around the world. He gave America back its mojo. We were once again respected around the world. We are no longer respected. Do you think for a second Putin would have invaded Ukraine if Trump were elected in 2020? No. Or North Korea firing off missiles? You know, this is, it's insane what's happening. Total chaos. But that's what the left wants. That's what, that's how the left operates. Because logic creates order. When people are logical, when they think logically, there is order. People who are liberal tend to be illogical. And you have chaos, is what we have right now in the country. The people running this country couldn't run a hot dog stand. And, you know, forget about Joe Biden. I don't know what you can say about him that's, that already, already hasn't been said. I mean, the man is he's diminished. He's in trouble. And we're in trouble as a consequence. So Trump's back in. And I'm happy about it. You know, and I know I have this discussion with people at work. And they, you know, they're kind of split. Me and one other guy or one other guy myself, I should say, and he's my age. The, the two of us are, are big Trump supporters. We didn't always, we didn't start out to be Trump supporters. He's been all in for Trump since the beginning. I'm a little bit late to the game, but Trump has done, he, he is, in my lifetime, he is probably the greatest American president, in my view, for the reasons I just listed. I mean, he's been the greatest president, as I've said, in, in my lifetime, without a doubt. Reagan was great, but he wasn't Trump, and he's hated. I mean hated, and I used I hate to use that word, by the left. They fear him. Usually you, you hate who you fear and what you fear. He puts America first. That's the reason they hate him, because they're, most of these people on the left are globalists. They don't love America. They hate America. They view America as a force of evil in the world, not a force of good. Trump loves America, believes America does good for the world and for Americans, first and foremost. But the left believes that America is the focus of evil. And, I, you know, that's the main difference. People on the left tend to be globalists in nature. Trump puts America first. A lot of people in the Republican Party don't put America first. They're part of the swamp. And I believe Mike Pence is part of the swamp. I didn't believe that at first. I didn't want to believe it. I mean, Pence wears his Christianity, uh, I won't say on his sleeve, but he's very open about it. And I've always liked Mike Pence. But since this whole election fraud business in 2020 and Trump not and uh, Pence not standing behind Trump, I've got a different view of him. I mean, who does not want a booming economy? The economy was humming along. Inflation was like at like 2%. Now it's, you know, eight and change. It was as high as nine something. I mean, the economy, crime was low. Uh, people were prosperous. Every uh, ethnic background, every every race, African Americans did well. Hispanic Americans, Chinese Amer or Asian Americans, I should say, everybody across the board was doing better. We had more in our bank accounts. Inflation is robbing us of our savings. I, I know it's robbing my family and me of our savings. Every month we spend four five hundred dollars more for the same services. Gasoline back over four dollars a gallon. I mean, Trump, when he gets elected, I think he can win. I know it's two years. A lot can happen in two years in politics, whether it's him or DeSantis. Either one is going to be a darn sight better than who we have in now. We need to tap into America's energy resources. We are the, 
the most powerful nation in the world. We've been we've been blessed by God with a, an abundance of natural resources, oil, natural gas among them, fossil fuels. They are what fuel our economy, and they will for decades. That's really, I think, what the president ought, ought to run on in, in 24. Energy, uh, the economy, and lowering crime, because this, the crime is out of control in most parts of the country. All right, I want to get to some other things here. In... Uh, in Arizona, this this uh, Cary Lake race was disturbing. I, I really thought that the the, uh, the uncounted ballots, that you know, thousands and thousands of ballots were going to break her way. They some of them did. They did break her way a little bit, but not enough to overcome a, a ninety thousand vote deficit. I don't, I don't know what the final numbers were, but uh, Katie Hobbs is uh, the governor elect. She is the secretary of state, and the whole process was just. It was not good from the get-go. There's some audio up on Drudge. I was up there today looking at it, and a number of people were commenting on the difficulties they had casting votes in Maricopa County. It's always Maricopa County. The people running that county, the Board of Elections people, don't sound, their names don't sound like Trump supporters. I'll put it that way. And there was all kinds of trouble from the get-go. And and Katie, or not Katie Hobbs, but Carrie Lake and Blake Masters, filing a, a lawsuit in Superior Court in Arizona uh, over the election uh, irregularities in Maricopa County. And she has not conceded. Carrie Lake has not conceded. Now, as I mentioned I was up on Drudge. The headline on Drudge was Lake Drained. And another one said, uh, high-profile defeat of a, an election denier. No, it was, uh, it was uh, an election denier denied. You know, they try to be clever with the headlines. And that's why I don't go to Drudge anymore. Uh, she is not conceding. So some of Trump's, uh, you know, backed uh, candidates did not do well. Kerry uh, Lake is not the only one. There were some other people. And uh, this this piece here in Bloomberg is uh, calling them election deniers. This Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania, he's a nutcase. He is a 9-11 truther. He thought 9-11 or thinks 9-11 was an inside job. Tudor Nixon, or Dixon rather, in Michigan, they lost. And Carrie Lake lost. And, you know, I don't know about the race in Georgia. Hopefully, uh, Herschel Walker emerges victorious. But Carrie Lake, she didn't back down. She doubled down as uh, supporting Trump. She did not toss Trump over the uh, overboard like other people have done. In in uh, in Virginia, this guy in Virginia, this uh, Glenn Youngkin, you know, basically uh, took a swipe at the 45th president. I don't know what the future holds for for uh, Carrie Lake. Maybe President Trump will select her as his vice presidential running mate. You know she'll be loyal to him, unlike Pence. I think uh, Trump and Lake is a great ticket, but that's down the road. Carrie Lake has got a future in politics. She is gutty. She is very, very bright, and she thinks quickly on her feet. She's The camera loves her, and I don't think we've heard the last of, uh, of Carrie Lake. But every statewide election... Uh, every election is about local politics, as Tip O'Neill famously said. It's not always about Trump or any national figure. In New York here, uh, I think the election in New York, the elections, the uh, the races were about, uh, I think, were a referendum on Biden's handling of inflation and the economy, uh, his administration's war on fossil fuels, and the Democrats favoring of cri- the criminal class over law enforcement. Those are the issues here in upstate New York, and those are the issues around the country. Democrats favor criminals over law enforcement and over the victims. That's been the case here in New York for for ages, since I could remember. Somebody wrote recently that Democrats hate God, guns, and oil. 
in, in that order, probably. And that's about the that's about the size of it. They hate God. That's really where their troubles begin, and the country's troubles begin. They hate God. They hate anything to do with religion, and uh, they they I don't know what the problem is. I, they don't know Jesus. That's that's the, the the short answer, obviously. But you know, Trump. Some of these people who lost these uh, midterms were were. I don't know why the the former president backed him. This Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania. Uh, he, he's a 9-11 truther. He, he believes 9-11 was an inside job. The guy's a, a dunce. He lost by 13, 14 points. Tudor Dixon in Michigan, another one. And there were dozens of others uh, across the country who backed the president, and he backed them, and they wound up on the short end. But you know something? That's, that's politics. I, I know that not only Carrie Lake remained true to President Trump, but our representative in the 20th uh, congressional district, uh, Elise Stefanik endorsed him yesterday for president. So anyway, the 45th president took a, a retaliatory swipe at the, the governor of Virginia, this Glenn Youngkin, uh, last week after Youngkin's second-in-command, Virginia Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, went on the Neil Cavuto show on Fox and publicly bashed President Trump and blamed him for the Republican losses in the midterms. So in remarks posted to his social media platform, Truth Social, President Trump stated that Yunkin would not have won his tight election against Democrat Terry McAuliffe without Trump's endorsement and support. He was the, Trump was the driving force which convinced the MAGA supporters to go out and vote for Yunkin and to vote for Sears. And what, what kind of payback do they get? Does the president, former president, get? They toss him overboard. Then he says, <laughs> this is what gets, gets Trump in trouble sometimes. Young Kin. Now, that's an interesting take. Sounds Chinese, doesn't it? But they couldn't have won without me, is what he said. And that's that part is true. I mean, Youngkin, but, you know, these a lot of politicians are weasels. They The only thing they care about is getting elected or reelected. That is it. They are A-type personalities. They are driven. They I'm not saying they don't care about their constituents. Some of them do. Maybe most of them do. But they care about getting elected. And they will stand at nothing. They let nothing get in their way of that. But a lot of people view, and a lot of conservative Republicans view Trump as a liability to the Republican Party. I'm not one of those. I think he has kind of rebuilt the Republican Party in his own image. The Republican Party needed to be rebuilt. The old party's dead. The party of George Bush and uh, the Bushes and the Cheneys of the world, that party's done. And I say good riddance. It's a globalist party anyway. But now some of these uh, capital R Republicans, they think Trump is weakened and they're coming out of the woodwork to bash him, not just Yunkin and Sears, but uh, Chris Christie, former New Jersey governor, was at a governor's meeting and he got all kinds of applause, I get, I guess, uh, at this annual meeting of Republican governors after blaming Trump for the GOP failures in the last three elections. That's why Trump dumped Christie, because he knew Christie wasn't going to be loyal, and he turned out to be right. It was a good, he made a wise decision to cut to cut Christie loose way back when. Anyway, so uh, we'll see how this plays out in the coming days. We'll get back to you hopefully in the, ne- in the next two or three days with another podcast, maybe an update. Donald Trump back in the race for president. Uh, he's tossed his hat into the uh, proverbial ring. We'll see if Ron DeSantis does the same. It's going to be a lot of fun. The next two years are going to be uh, very interesting years here watching politics here in New York as well. I look forward to the start of a new legislative session in about six weeks. The Democrats will be spitting fire because they lost seats. 
Republicans picked up seven seats in the state assembly. We're up to 50 for a long time, but now we're up to 50 seats. We need one more so they don't have a supermajority. And uh, so they're, and also in Congress. And not only did we pick up seats in the assembly, I don't know what we did in the Senate, Republicans, but Republicans picked up a couple of seats in the U.S. House of Representatives in the New York City area. Uh, Mike Lawler, fine Irishman and an attorney, he, he won his race against this Mahoney or Maloney, who was a big, big shot in the Democrat Party. So uh, Democrats are not happy. AOC is, she's not happy. And when she's not happy, the rest of us should be happy. Because when she's happy, the country is in trouble. These Democrats, especially here in New York State, are flat-out socialists, and they need to go, every one of them. All right, so that's about going to do it to it. Thank you very much, folks, for, for tuning us in. There are a number of things I didn't get to here, but I'm kind of disheveled. It's been a busy uh, week here at the Flint household, and we appreciate your listenership as always. And don't forget, tune into the fine programming we have for you on the BMG Network. We have this program, which airs Wednesdays, The Pac-Man with me, Ted Flint, my daughter Madeline with The Essentials, with Maddie Flint, that airs on Fridays, generally, sometimes on the weekends. And, of course, Adrian Ross, Ken Burns, host of fine shows. And we're working at a column. And you can access the columns under the PAC perspective, P-A-C perspective, working on one uh, regarding, you know, the midterm elections and what we can look forward to here in the in the near future. So thank you very much for, t- for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.